You should be the host here. I'm really laughing at you. We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Welcome to episode 17 of the Red 78, the rugby channel's home of everything monster rugby. I'm Alan Quinlan, and with me, as always, is Neve Briggs. Uh, how are you, Neve? Good, Quinny. How are you keeping? Very good, very good. Uh, looking forward to uh, Six Nations now starting this week and being busy for the next couple of weeks. But um, we'll obviously have a look back at the Zebra match at the weekend and then look ahead. Munster have no game this weekend, so we've no game to look look ahead to. But we'll analyse the game in a minute and talk, go through some talking points. We want you to be involved as always, so you can always tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or else you can tweet Neve or myself at our own Twitter pages. Um, and leave a comment on YouTube if you want. We have some thoughts here from the weekend, Neve. Let's see what you make of them. Uh, so we're going to talk. Uh, I put a tweet out again yesterday. Um, You're very you- active. You're very active on the Twitter now. I have to say. Well, it's it's. I want to. We want to try and get some comments and the feel for what people think of of all these performances. Um, so I'm just going to read out some of them. You can comment on them. This is from Adrian O'Donoghue. Always a good sign when a team win on the road, but the conversation needs to be about Jack O'Donoghue, natural leader, youngest player to get 150 caps, can play anywhere in the back row, and yes, not even in the conversation for the Ireland team. We should mention, for anyone that doesn't know, Munster won 34-17 over in Zebra at the weekend. So um, that's one on Jack O'Donoghue uh, from Kevin. Uh, some of the commentary around the performance, especially on RT, where you were, what was nonsense. It was kind of a game you go and win, get your five points and move on. To be complaining about the style was just daft for me. Uh, young lads get experience, win away, happy days. Um, this one is from Ger Hawk. Good win, great to see so many young lads who lined up for the clubs the previous week in the, in the All-Ireland League, which is, that's one that comes up a lot. A lot of these players did play in the All-Ireland League. Another one from Paul Maher. A win is a win. That's not a... It's hard to interpret or not interpret what that means. Lots of improvement needed, but it was clear that the team that the team that played was has not played together in a long time. Jack O'Donnell was immense again. Goes quietly about the business and makes a huge difference. So overall, lots done, more to do. Anya Cahill, uh, seeing the mix of very young, being led by a young captain who's playing out of his socks was satisfying. Chris Farrell had a storm and getting his, and when he came on, is getting back to his best. It was a win for an inexperienced match day team. Looking forward to mixing them more with our senior players in the coming months. Um, so that's uh, that's about it. Kieran Ryan Benson. Why has Liam Coombs not been getting more game time for Monster? Incredible footballer. Seems to be comfortable playing anywhere from 12 to 15. Powerful man. Savage pace. Great defence. Great hands and a good boot on him. Would love to see him get more starts for Munster. That's an interesting one in Liam Coombs because um, a few people, and we've seen glimpses of his quality in the last while, but the natu- the, the general consensus is it was uh, a win is a win on the road. They got five points and it was one of those potential banana skins where unless you get a brilliant performance, you're going to get some criticism. So overall, it was a little bit scrappy. What did you make of those comments or tweets? Yeah, look, I think they're all fairly accurate, to be fair. I thought, great to see so many young guys get an opportunity. And you're right, um, a complete and utter 
banana skin that could have been because you're heading over with a group of young guys who haven't had a huge amount of game time um, at that level and wouldn't have played a huge amount together more so than anything. And I think that that kind of showed at times, you know, a couple of inaccuracies. I thought it was a really good performance. I thought to be able to go and get a win like that um, was great. And um, I agree on so many points in relation to some of those tweets. I think uh, Jack who's was immense. We'll speak about him later on. But I have been really impressed with Liam Coombs every time I've seen him play for either Munster or Gary. I think he's been um, um, playing incredibly well. I think he he offers a huge amount. And and here's the issue, you know, we speak about strength and depth all the time, Quinny. Like, look at Chris Farrell, Damon Delande, Roy Scannell. How do you get him in there? Um, and where do you put him? Um and, and it's these games for him are crucial because he's got to be able to take his opportunities. Um, but I do, I like what I see in him. Um, and he, he's different to, to a Chris Farrell type of a mould. He's got great footwork, foot acceleration. Um, and I'm not saying Chris Farrell doesn't. Chris Farrell just seems to be a more powerful kind of ball carry um, option. Whereas I think Liam, Liam Coombs is a little bit of deception in how he plays. Um, so I like him. So um, yeah, look, I thought it was good. Um Lots of interesting combinations. Interesting to see how Jay Fennery got on. Um, mixed the good with the bad, I think, um, for him in terms of being a little bit inconsistent, but a, a start for him, which has been brilliant. Your thoughts? Do you think, Liam, do you, do you, do you think Liam Coombs is a player that's good enough to play on the on start in the European Cup game when everybody's fit and available? Do you see enough in him that... that kind of gives an indication that he's good enough to step up and maybe go on and play for Ireland. One thing I always looked at when I when when I was playing with Munster was young players coming through and inexperienced guys. I didn't view them in a way that are they good enough to play for Munster? Because mo- obviously they're there for a reason and they get opportunities. But are they good enough to play for Ireland? And the more players you have, particularly young players who come into a squad that you think um, are good enough to go on and play international rugby well that's just a big plus then for the provincial side because that shows that they're not just at that level they can go to a different level is is someone like Liam Coombs good enough to go on and play at the next level the highest level he definitely has potential but I just think it's very much in his own hands now you've got to see these guys push on and you know you asked me a question earlier on in relation to you know players that could play from this team um, at a full strength monster and as you say could push on for Ireland and you know these guys are 22 23 um, and we're all thinking they're really young and then you look up the road and you see the likes of Dan Sheehan he's King Kelleher Marcus Smith across the water Entomac Dupont these guys that are getting huge amount of chances very very early because they're they seem to have that little bit extra um, and are these guys not giving it a chance or are they not afforded opportunities to show that they have that big extra or are they late developers? Um, and that's the big thing because, you know, that back three even the other day, like Calvin Nash is an exceptional player, ridiculously quick feet, um, just seems to, can't seem to get a run without injury. And then for me, you know, Shane Daly's, I just think he's an unbelievable player from a see him play. I think he's he's working through a huge amount of development. Um, you know, having been with Ireland last summer um, and then not to be there in November, I thought might have been frustrating for him, but I can also see why because 
he's not playing a huge amount of Munster. Um, and, uh, you know, why aren't these guys playing is what I'm saying. If they're good enough, you know, is it because the strength and depth? Is it the fact that Earls and Conway are so far ahead? Um, and that's a tricky one. Okay, so we're, we both agree and, and it's the general consensus that it was a scrappy performance. But obviously when you go to Italy in a situation like um, they were in, um, 11 changes, they're playing against the Zebra side with a new coach. Um, and Zebra, even though they haven't been winning games, um, they're very, very difficult. They're very physical. They're a very difficult side to analyse. I watched some of them before this game and... Um, there's no great pattern or structure to what they're doing um, and they're hard to analyse. So look, I think it would have, um, it would have been a difficult one for Munster to kind of say, well, what structure did they play? Did they keep going the same way? Did they keep it tight? Um, They've lots of good individual players, but I think as a team, um, they're very physical and can make it really difficult for you. So, um, I think overall it was a, a very, very positive result. I think if you look back and analyse the game, there was lots of mistakes. There was some decision-making where it should have been moved through the hands that, that players decided not to and they kept it tight. Um, probably a no-win game from a public perspective in a sense that unless you had this clinical, brilliant performance with this group and a lot of these players would have played over in Scarlet's where they scored six tries and they got that bonus point win against a very strong Scarlet side um, a couple of months ago. There was, everyone was kind of giving high praise to the team. This was somewhere in between, but I've been there. I've gone to, you know, Benetton. It used to be Treviso and Zebra um, and been involved in these type of games. They can be tricky. Um, and I think the, the mitigation probably for some of those mistakes and some of the little frust- the frustrations that people viewing the game would have had was these guys haven't played together. Some uncharacteristic errors as well that need to be kind of ironed out, but a bit of a learning curve. And we spoke about probably finding a bit of a ruthless edge with this group now that they're internationals away. Did, did we see glimpses of that? They scored five tries and they were yeah. pretty dominant, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know... Set piece, as you said earlier on, was good. Um, Jack Donahue's trial was very good, very well taken. And they looked to move the ball to space. I just think that you're 100% right. It was just timings and inaccuracies that will probably have frustrated them. They'll be frustrated with that too. You know what I mean? There's, there's no two ways about it, but, um, and, you know, a couple of long kicks. But to be fair to them, I think that they kind of probably stuck to their processes. And, like, you're looking at that pack there now, Quinny. Like, who stood out for you in that in terms of, like, playing uh, well? I, I, I thought John Hodnett was... was yeah. um super. He just, he, he's one of the ones that... Um, I remember this really well with John Hayes at training one day and Dennis Leamy arrived and started training with us. And we were doing a contact session um, with pads and... I just remember Hayes and myself kind of looking at ourselves saying, who's this fella? Like he was aggressive. He was physical. Um, And as the session went on, you could see him really kind of having kind of impacts and looking like he was. uh, And I remember Hayes and myself spoke about it afterwards. And and we we, we said, he's not just going to be a monster player. He's, he's going to be an international. Now I'd heard about Dennis and I'd seen him play school games for Rockwell and he was brilliant. John, John Hodnett reminds me of someone like Dennis Lamy. I, I really feel that, you know, even his leg tackles, it's just, it's chop tackle. Um, he's powerful in the carry. He's intelligent. 
gets around the field, I think he'll develop more. And I think he's one for me that's kind of standing out saying this guy can go to a different level and he can be a starter in the European games going forward. It's a very competitive area, obviously, in the back row. I think Liam Coombs is one. I like what, what he does. I think he's a very balanced runner. He's big. He's quick. Um, really good hands. Um, Jack O'Sullivan is another one. Mm. Just there's something about him that that indicates to me that he can go up to the next level. Um, I was disappointed for Thomas Ahern because I believe he can go to the next level as well, getting the injury when he came on. Um so there's a number of them there. Um, Finneen Witcherly keeps, you know, his his performances at a very consistent level. Um, is he big enough and is he going to take the step up to international level? Um, he's played a couple of times, been involved. I really like him. I think he's, uh, I'm a fan of his. Dermot Barn has potential to, to really kind of step up to the next level as well. But he's obviously got to start on a regular basis for Munster and in, in, in all those big games. So, a lot of positives out of those performances. I think Jack O'Donoghue was someone we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, I think he's, in the last few weeks, he's been really, really good. Um, lots of intelligent decisions, lots of big involvements. And we did speak about Jack a few weeks ago when he played in Connacht, when he captained the side and probably got a bit distracted. And like his teammates, didn't have his best game. But I think his reaction since has, has been very important, very positive. One point I will say, and we spoke about the attack and not not for a need for Munster to go to wing, to wing, to wing, over and back, but just to have more energy, enthusiasm, a bit of more tempo and pace in their game. And I think one of the areas in the last few weeks that's been so much better is their efficiency at the breakdown yeah. and their speed of breakdown. And you know this as a coach, if you're getting quick ball, even if you're being direct and you're just going one or two passes out from the breakdown, you're, you're, you're testing a defence. You're not letting them get set. You're having, you know, each rock is quicker and quicker and then you're given an opportunity to give the put the ball in players' hands and give them a chance to attack and run at their opposition. So I think 62% of of the rocks at the weekend against Zebra was were, was under three seconds. And yeah. that, that's a big indicator and a factor that it's it's we've seen improvement there in the last few weeks. And we saw in the WAS game, you know, look look at the Conor Murray try early on. It was 21 yeah. phases. There was an aggression. There was an enthusiasm. But the most important thing, there was an accuracy about the cleanouts. And I think that was an area that was was so much better at the weekend. Um, and something that you've got to keep building on. Um, yeah. I think if you go back to Joe, the Joe Schmidt era under Ireland, on the, that five-year period he had, one of the big pluses was... And, and why Ireland, that Ireland side made it so difficult and were a very difficult side to play against was because they were so physical, clinical, aggressive and accurate at the breakdown. And I think it's where Munster need to get to um, if they're, you know, I think if they want to be competing towards the end of the season. And I think this period of time is a learning curve for a lot of these young players that that they keep that standard pretty high and try and improve it as they go on. They've played 58 players since the start of the season. So that indicates that there's been so much chopping and changing. Do you think in the next few weeks, um, what, what what do you think we need to see, see from them and what can they build on from that game? So for you, the positives from that game and what they need to fix in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, look, I think we've, we've, we've spoken about it there. I think the fact that a lot of young guys getting opportunities at senior level um, and, and coming away from Zebra with a bonus point look 
wasn't in the game for the ages. So I think when you come away from that, you just got to be happy. I think coming going forward and what we're looking at, I think you want to see consistency for these players. I think the big, the most difficult thing is is that um, you get in for one game and you don't get back in for four or more four or five more. You get in for two games, you don't get back in for another one. That's a really difficult thing to do because it's a huge amount of pressure on your shoulders when you know that you're only going to be playing one or two games every six or seven weeks. Um, and, and, and this brings us then to another issue. Are the squads too big now? Do we feel like we have to give a huge amount of game time? And, and to be fair to Graham Rountree, he spoke about it in his press conference last week. He said, you know, the next five, six weeks are going to be built around getting as much players game time. And for me, I was just like, okay, that's brilliant because we need to get as many players game time. But also, we're not giving players opportunity to find their feet, to be consistent, you know, and for them to get comfortable at that level. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And um, obviously, it was uh, it was great for Jake Flannery. I think he, a little bit of a mixed bag, the intercept yeah, before half time. But I think he's we learning. saw glimpses there of his quality. And great for him to get that experience. Neil Cronin got player star of the match. So I think it was great for Neil Cronin to get game time as well. Um, Roman Salanoa coming off the bench. Scott Buckley. Um, there's something about Scott Buckley that kind of has that has the ingredients to go higher. I think um, it was good to see Roman get some game time. I'd love to see him get more involvements and yeah, show his power. Alex Kendallan as well. And... Um, Chris Farrell had moments when he came on. I thought he he looks like a player who's really trying to get back to the level that was pushing close to an Irish side. And uh, so overall, it was positive. Um, five tries, Jack O'Donoghue, Dan Goggin. It was a great try from Dan Goggin as well. He hasn't played in a while either. Finneen Witcherly, Josh Witcherly and Dermot Barnes. So we kind of, we give him 70, 70, 65, 70 out of 7 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a fair assessment. A that's seven, it. maybe a seven out of ten. So it was a positive result. Um, very important that they got the five points because they now put themselves up to fifth and twenty nine points. Edinburgh are first, so if they win their game in hand, they could go ahead um, of Edinburgh on points difference. Now Leinster are in fourth, David game in hand as well. The three above have played nine games, so um, I think it's and we did speak about that a few weeks ago. They can't afford to lose any ground in that top those top couple of uh, those teams ahead of them um, okay so we're going to fold that away bin that one and say uh, lots of positives but um, plenty of negatives as well but overall it was a, a job well done uh, we're going to move on to our next piece which we started last week was are you watching Andy Farrell so it was your job this week to pick a player um, and who's that player yeah, so my player this week is Jack O'Donoghue. And look, I am very, very aware of how competitive the back row is in Ireland and, you know, who you're dropping to bring him in. I think he's just had such a brilliant, brilliant season and he is literally playing so well. You've got to try and find a way to get him in there, I think, almost. Um, I think it's very difficult to think that of the 38 or whoever he players selected for his nation squad that he's not in there. Um, in the best 38 um, I think that that's um, you know a, a tough probably, it's probably tough for him to take knowing that you're churning out these brilliant performances youngest player to ever reach 150 caps He's obviously the, the next natural leader in that group after Peter O'Mahony um, because Mahoney's not playing Jackie Donahue's captaining quite a lot 
his work rate is phenomenal. It's his pace over the ground that I can't get over. If you ever sit back and watch him live, for any kick chases, he is almost beating the next chaser beside him. Like he is that quick. Intelligence is I, I probably one area you'd like to see a little bit of work on is the, the discipline. I think he gives away a few penalties. Um, but I think every back row um goes through that. So I, I, I yeah, I just think it's difficult that he's not in there. I think it must be frustrating for him. Well, he's two. Jack has two caps for Ireland. Okay, they were against Canada and Japan two years ago, one in November and one in the summer tour to Japan. So, why is he only two caps? I know it's funny. Now I do know that pre-COVID he was in that Six Nations squad. He was due to play against Italy, and then obviously that game was cancelled because COVID, and he just hasn't got back in. And I think. Um, you know, after that COVID, you remember when the games came back? Is uh, is it a, is it a problem for him um, that he plays six, seven, and eight? Is that a, yes. is is that the sometimes versatility? Jack, can, Jack of can, all trades, master of none type of issue. Maybe, yeah, well, yeah. it's 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 you know when you nail down a, a spot and and okay, most eights and sixes can play in both. Well, let's say most eights can play six. I'm not sure all sixes can play eight because it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know. Would you have played eight? Um, I did a little bit. Yeah, I played eight underage, but not not really for months. A couple of times for Munster. Um, I I think um, Anthony Foley went off in uh, 2002 in a semi final against Cass um, down in, in Montpellier, I think, and. Um, uh, Donico Callan came on in the back row and I went in number eight and I remember Declan Kidney shouting in messages saying, Wally's to go number eight, I'm go seven and Donica six, but I just kind of stayed at number eight and ignored him. <laughs> and uh, felt, felt, I, I, I felt I could do the job there. Uh, there was no real, there was no breaking off the back of the scrum. It was just control the ball and let's string or take it out and, and pass it. But um uh, yeah, yeah it's, look, it's a little bit different. Right. It's a little bit different, but I think maybe that you know possibly it could be an issue for for Jack that he, his versatility. Um, what are what are his strengths and who is he like? See, it's very difficult. Like his strengths are, I think his game intelligence is probably one of the best in back row in the depth in, in Ireland. I think that people might think I'm crazy, but if you watch him live, it's ridiculously athletic. Um, very good on the floor. Um, who is he like? Sorry, he's, he's, it's kind of hard to kind of, he's not really like anybody else in Ireland, I don't think, to be fair, because he's, he's so quick, he's quicker than a lot of them, but probably not as physically big as most of them, if that makes any sense. Yeah, he's, he's six foot three and probably 108 or seven or eight kilos. I was six foot three and 108 or nine kilos. He has similar size. Um, and I, um, so I don't think size is an issue for him. I think one thing is I'd love to see him get on the ball more um, and, and be more explosive and aggressive in the real physical exchanges. Because I think he's you, a really, really good footballer. Do you not if, think, though, that the way Munster plays, so they, the way they're set up, that, you know, he's usually out in that 15 channel. Yeah, and he's... Because he's, of his pace. He's, he's very athletic. Pace, he's and he very, goes, you're looking for mismatches across the back line then. You know? He's very athletic. And I think, look, one of the issues, and it's all it was an issue for me in my career... There's just uh, sometimes you have guys who are at a level that's that's very yeah. hard to get to. You know, Doris, 
Jack Conan was on a Lions tour. Peter O'Mahony was a Lions captain. Josh van der Fleer has been exceptional. Uh, oh, and they get that. And they did so, say to you, I think maybe maybe one issue for for Jack is maybe just getting more involvements and and be more explosive in those tight areas when he makes those carries. And and look, I don't have there isn't any kind of quick fix solution here or ingredient to say. Um, I think you got to work on that a little bit more because I'd hate for him at twenty seven to be this player who doesn't get more caps. I think he deserves more opportunities and. Uh, but first and foremost, you've got to be incredibly consistent and dominant for your province. And I think we've seen glimpses and um, moments in the last few weeks that would indicate... Ah, uh, Quinny, Barry the Connick game, he's been... Barry the Connick game, he's last been year, one of the best players. And last year, last he's, year been, well. he's, he's, been he's been man of so the match in so, in so many games. But I just think to get an opportunity with Ireland, he needs to get a bit of luck, get a game... Yeah. For in one yeah. of the big games and show probably people because sometimes perspective is is an issue. I I had it at times that you're you're seen as this safe pair of hands when you go up with Ireland and you'll do a job. But if if other people are available, like look, I was competing with Stephen Ferris, Simon Easterby, Sean O'Brien, Jamie Heaslip, Dennis Leamy, phenomenal players, all incredibly explosive. Um, Simon was probably uh, the least explosive. I mean that respectfully to him but he was brilliant in the line out yeah. and he was actually incredible at the breakdown and a real good leader so um, it's tough for Look, Jack so but tough. I think yeah, his performances have been brilliant he's nominated for European player 15 yeah. players have been put forward That's after that. the pool stages now there's people giving out about uh, Antoine Dupont um, I'm on the judging panel and I can't give anything away who I nominated or voted for but there's a couple of players in there who've only played two games and, and DuPont only played one game. But I just think the reason... It's Anton DuPont, come on. No, I'm, I, I, I think people are saying it. And I saw it on Twitter and, and um, EPCR put up the 15 players and I think people are kind of giving out. But the reality is if, if DuPont and Toulouse do well in, a, in the round 16, progress to quarterfinal, semifinal, there's every chance that he's going to be the one that wins yeah. him at, at European Cup again. Yeah. Um, players can change on this as well, I'd like to say, you know, after round 16. But players can be added in and, and yeah. for, for yeah. the next, because you pick five then after the semifinals. Jesus, that's um, a big um, responsibility. Who gives well, there's a, number, there's a number of people. I was on it the last couple of years, excuse me. Um, but I think it's brilliant for Jack. I would argue and say that there's a certain Tyg Byrne should be on it as well. Yeah, I um, agree. And because he's he's uh, yeah. he's he's been brilliant, um, yeah. but look, it's great for Jack, and I think that's yeah. and a good water, a good Waterford man as well, which you know, so many good things come from down there, um, yeah. Quinny. So, um, but yeah, so look, I think we'll see what happens. But you, you I agree. I, I'd love to see him just get another cap, you know, right. get capped again. You're saying you're saying to Andy Farrell. So, are you watching Jack O'Donoghue, Andy Farrell? Yes, keep, absolutely. Keep, a, keep an eye out on him, not for this Six Nations, but going forward. It's a World Cup yeah. in less than two years, so yeah. um, there's no reason why Jack shouldn't be aiming to try and try and uh, be in the mix for that. But uh, Paul O'Connell, we let him in as well. Are you watching Paul O'Connell? <laughs> uh, keep an eye on the monster, fellas. But um, okay, so um, well done to Jack and getting nominated anyway. Andy's performances in the last few weeks. So he's your Andy Farrell. Are, are you watching Andy Farrell player this week? I'll I'll pick one next week. Um, 
the last segment, I think uh, we're going to just talk about the internationals. Six Nations starts weekend, this weekend. There's nine Munster players in the squad. How many will start? That's the question. And it's yeah, I love this time of year, Quinny. It's spring. You know, the evenings are getting brighter and the rugby is usually brilliant. Uh, for me, for this weekend, so I'm just sort of taking this weekend in isolation, the Wales game. We'll know, obviously, Thursday. Um, I have three starters. Okay, you have three starters. Who do you have? Hold on, how many have you got before you? I have two at the moment. I have Andrew oh. Conway and Ty Byrne. Um, okay. I, I actually put Earls in there as well because I think... Um, I do think Balakun will get in there eventually, but I just think Earls and for now, for the first game especially, because of you know, you just want to get off to a really good start. Um so I just think Earls might jump in there as a left winger. But yeah, with, with um there's a there's a, a, a spot available on the left wing with James Lowe being injured. And just yeah. given I think given what they did in November, there'd be minimal change to this side. No, I agree. Um, That's why I just yeah, I agree with you. I think Joey Carberry's back fully training. So whether he gets on the bench or not, he'll, I he'll don't definitely, know. definitely. Himself and Murray, Mahoney, have to be on the bench. Okay, so your your starters are Earls, Conway and Tyburn. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's um, there's every reason to believe that Keith Earls are playing the left wing, but I, I, just, I know. I just think Balakun could could throw a spanner yeah. in the works for Earl. I agree. There. I and do agree, but I just think that Earl D knows that left position so well, and I know that. Well, he's the most natural. The other two are right wingers, really. Yeah, and, and, and I just don't think they're either. I think it'll be a lot to ask Balakun to start in the left in this like big game like that, right? So yeah, you're looking at Conway. I'm just not sure Conway is like he's a super player. Don't get me wrong. I would start him on the right. I just don't know if he's as effective coming off the left, um, but. The big one I want to ask you about, right, is, okay, think about this. Game time over the last, maybe since November, of all the Irish squad. Do you put Killer on the bench or does Keen Healy jump him? Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I think Keen Healy is in, obviously, in, in a stronger position. And okay. Because of his experience and given that he was the starter for Ireland for probably seven or eight years um, maybe longer I'm not sure yeah, he it's injustice. Longer, yeah. he's, he's over 100 caps um, Keane Healy has had, had a remarkable mm. career um, obviously I think the explosive nature of, of Dave Kilcoyne coming off the bench gives you great added value but I think Keane Healy then gives that yeah, strength experience strength. power so it's going to be difficult Killer hasn't played enough of games I don't think to um, yeah. In recent months, who um, have so, you got on the bench then? Have you any other? Well, I think players? you know. I think Joey Carberry, Connor Murray, um, Peter O'Mahony. Um, obviously, Craig Casey won't be on the bench if mm. Connor Murray's on the bench. I think Gibson Park will start. Whether people yeah. agree it's the right decision or not, I think what we saw in November from him was was outstanding, and it's yeah. it's a tough one for Connor Murray. But I think that's that's the way it's going to play out. So, it's Do you think Callum uh, comes in? Does he have a uh, shot? Are we looking at Nathan No, I think, no, you're looking, yeah, he might get a chance and get some game time against it. Yeah. I hope he does. I hope he does. But I think Peter O'Mahony is going to be the, the sub-back yeah, goal. Yeah, me too. And probably Ryan Baird on the bench because Ian Henderson is out. Um, so the debate around whether Ty Byrne, James Ryan. Is Ian Henderson out? Well, 
I thought he was due back the train this maybe, week. Maybe, maybe he's back, but I think it'll be very, very, very difficult to leave Tyburn out of the side. Yeah, I see. I, I, I think James uh, Ryan Ty starts. Byrne. No, I don't see. I thought Ian Henderson should start ahead of James Ryan. No, I don't. And I, don't know I just think you, it's just that lineup work and stuff. Yeah, and, I know. And his control, although Henderson has done very well in the lineup. The line, it's yeah. great. The three are brilliant players. And they're I think class. They're, yeah, yeah. Great strength there. So um, I think we'll have, yeah, it'll be 13. Will it be 13 Leinster players and two Munster again? Maybe. I two, think so. No. Yeah. If Bollicoon starts, uh, it'll be, it'll yeah. be one Ulster, two Munster, and then. But if if Balakoon doesn't start and he goes with Earls, then we're looking at twelve Leinster and three Munster. But Munster then are mostly filling that bench as well, which is yeah, there are a lot sickening. of a lot of experience there. Well, it is what it is, and they've got to start. They've uh, got to start. Right, they've got to, they've got to start. They, they've got to start beating Leinster on a, on a regular basis to to change oh, the tide on the Irish team. Yeah. But I think I think coming back, like they should be hopping off the ground after such a brilliant November. Irrelevant of their provincial jerseys, they just they all contributed. I think not just the fifteen, but I think twenty three. And I don't know if you listened to O'Gara during the week. He, I he had a really interesting point that he loves coaches that don't start their strongest team, that finish on their strongest team. I thought that, that was really interesting considering just a lot of Munster boys on the bench. Yeah, Munster people will be, will be clinging on to that one. Uh, but anyway, it's certainly yeah. one to look forward to start of the Six Nations and hope Ireland go well at the weekend. Munster's next game is Friday, Friday, Friday week um, away to Glasgow, which is a tricky one. And then they've got Edinburgh at home the following week. Yeah. Um, we've got to leave it there that's it for episode 17 of the Red, Red 78 done and dusted we don't have any provincial action to talk about this week but um, we look at the Six Nations game and we look back on that and see what kind of an impact the Munster players had um, and all the players let's hope Ireland do well and start this because yeah. I think this, they're in a great position um, we look forward to obviously the Glasgow game and the Andy Farrell segment as well. So I've got to pick someone for next week uh, to make sure you get the podcast straight to your phone. Just search the red 78, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. And don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts. We put out a tweet, Neve and myself, and uh, you can leave some comments on whatever news is happening or any breaking news. We're kind of waiting um, to see when the coaches are going to be announced and there's no update on that yet, but that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And thanks Neve to you. Thanks, Quinny. The Monster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Adam Quinnan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.